Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tighten Up the Dog Pound. This is Big Mike welcoming you in on another episode of our lovely, lovely podcast that is just nothing but positivity and good news. There's definitely no bad news out there right now if you're a Browns fan or if you're a Titans fan. But speaking of the Titans, I've been reunited with the ghost himself, Mr. Thomas Head. He, he carved out time and he's with me and I'm as shocked as you are. Thomas, how's it going? Ladies and gentlemen, daddy's back. But, but yeah, he's back. I, but, but, but I agree. It's nothing but positivity here. Um, Tennessee basketball season is off to a phenomenal start. The balls are <laughs> the balls are three and zero. They looked fantastic. Um, big big win over the uh, SEC Big Ten matchup, uh, beating Wisconsin by double digits last week, and put, uh, beating uh, the powerhouse that is Warford University by twenty <laughs> points last night. So, yikes! It's all, it's it's all good vibes here in Knoxville. Nothing yeah, to be upset yeah. about. Nothing. No, it's it's definitely uh, you know one thing that is a hundred percent for sure as well is that like being a Titans and Browns fan right now is just elite. Like everything's just going really well. The Titans are leading the AFC South. Browns are Super Bowl contenders, just like we all predicted. Um, Dude, yeah, couldn't, couldn't imagine, man. I'm just paying attention to my lifelong favorite NFL player, Josh Dobbs. Is he? Uh, <laughs> is he becomes the Matt job of the NFL? Undefeated the on the. NFL. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Honestly, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, a little bit. But yeah, Josh, Josh Dobbs, it's impossible not to root for that guy. It's so cool seeing him ball out wherever he's going, pretty much. Um the alopecia assassin. <laughs> Patent pending, of course. Uh, but yeah, let's let's just dive into it. You know, we we had planned to record this episode last night. Uh and before before last night, everything uh seemed Business as usual with the Browns coming off a big win in Baltimore. Uh, but woke up business to the news as usual. Yeah, this business guy. as usual. You know, just another Sunday for the Browns. Just winning. Titans don't know a whole lot about that these these days, but we'll get into that also. Um, but yeah, what what woke up to this morning at what I thought was a fake tweet of uh Mary Kay Cabot saying that Deshaun Watson is out for the season with a broken bone in his throwing shoulder. I went to her Twitter page and saw it was real. And I was just like, this has to be a typo. There's no way. Mainly because like he did come out of the Baltimore game injured, but it was a high ankle sprain. They had said that he had hurt his shoulder, but it wasn't, there was no indication it was anything serious. Uh, and, you know, he he played his ass off in that game, including 14 for 14 in the second half, led the Browns to game winning drive in Baltimore uh came off probably his best you know one of his best performances as as cleveland brown and yeah it's it's pretty uh it's like being punched in the gut with a blindfold on it's kind of how it feels this morning if you're a browns fan because no one really saw it coming uh super 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 disappointing uh the browns have now lost several key players this year the fact that they're six and three is Pretty impressive regardless. They've had P.J. Walker starting games. Nick Chubb, Jack Conklin's been out the, pretty much the whole season. Uh, 
it's been tough. You know, you lose your star running back, all pro right tackle, and now your franchise quarterback. It's uh, you know, every team deals with injuries. These are injuries to players that you never want to see get injured. So feels pretty shitty, uh, especially knowing how great Brown's defense is uh, and and what could have been. But season's not over. I know you want to make fun of me, but I've been watching Good Morning Football all morning, and they're saying the same exact thing I'm saying. You know, Kyle Brandt said it best. He said that it's it's terrible, but uh, the Browns Browns had won three games with PJ Walker, and uh, all they you know if they were to go four and four down the stretch, which they have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. So before you just want to make fun of me and shake your head, like you have to acknowledge some of these things, they have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. And if they were to go four and four down the stretch, which is, you know, with, with the defense they have, it they're going to do their best to keep them in a lot of games. It's not impossible. Uh, so it, it leaves you a little bit of hope. But keyword is a little bit. I'm. I, I mean, like, I'm not over here saying like, "Oh, we're going to be fine." You know, this defense is going to carry us to the playoffs. But like, it's different than Watson going out and we're like, you know, four, four and five or something. And yeah, the season's over at that point. But we're we're three games above 500 with the easiest remaining schedule. So there's a there's always a, a little bit of hope within that. I would say, but it's still pretty, pretty defeating feeling this morning. If you're a Browns fan, whatever keeps you from jumping off that bridge, buddy. Hey, I, I need you to be serious for once in your life. There are some <laughs> facts. There, there, there are some facts in what I just said. So it doesn't all have to be a joke. I, I know you've got, you've got to do what you can to remain hope to keep, to keep it alive. But I mean, some of the, some of the games, you know, I mean, you, you've got the bears on your schedule, but I mean, it's it, it's going to be tough sledding. It's not going to be easy. I know just looking at win-loss record, it's it can look like an easy schedule, but, like, the only, like, bad team left on that schedule is the Bears. Yeah, it's a, I it's think a, they can, a, it's a lot they of can middle beat the Rams. Rams are bad, three and six. They can beat the Bears. That's two of the wins I'm talking about right there. I, I fully believe they could beat the Jets, like 100%. Zach Wilson is worse than – what the Browns have on their roster just as bad. Well, I mean, uh, the Jets and Browns, I mean, they're basically the they're the pointing Spider-Man meme right now. Starting quarterback injured, elite defense, and then Yeah, but the Browns are six and three and the Jets are four and five with no showing really no signs of winning. Yeah, but the Jets haven't had soon. their quarterback the entire season. They yeah, lost no, theirs I understand on the- that. I understand that, but the Browns are definitely way better than the Jets. So, like, I feel like they could beat the Jets 100%. I mean, at, Jet, at Jets, this Jets stage, and Bears I would not are two say, of those wins. I would not say way better than the Jets. I mean, they have a better defense well, than the I Jets. Would. Yeah. Um, Jets, Rams, and Bears, those are those are three of the four wins I mentioned that I, I feel like are likely. That's not being an irrational fan. That's just – you know, that's that's kind of a level-headed take. The rest are hard because the Broncos are playing better. Russell Wilson, you know, they're four and five, but they're one of that four and five teams you're mentioning that aren't as bad as their record. Uh, the Jags are six and three. I mean, they, they've had some weird games this year, but they're they're definitely a good team. Uh, Texans, I mean, C.J. Shroud's in the fucking MVP conversation, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so, I, you know, we predicted that they would be better this year than last year. But I didn't think they'd be as good as they're playing 
Um, and then, of course, you know, you have the Bengals and the Steelers, which, you know, I'm going up to the up to Cleveland. I fly out Saturday for the Steelers game. Was really looking forward to that one up until this morning. Um, Steeler, I mean, I know you'll agree with this. Steelers got to be the worst six and three team. It, this reminds me of the year that they were what eleven and zero or something, and they were just total frauds. It's the same same vibe. Like in so many statistical categories, they should not be six and three, but they just are because coaching and culture, I guess. I mean, they just play games. You know, they've got a good defense. They play games close, and then somehow. Kenny Pickett Somehow always seen yeah. he has the drive of his life at the very end of the game. Um, yeah. I mean, they've also, especially these past couple weeks, the Steelers specifically have been running the ball very well, and they're yeah. they're starting to figure out that uh, Jalen Warren needs to get more carries than um, Najee Harris. But yeah, Najee Harris is kind of like I said, he's the Trent Richardson of this era. Yeah, but but I mean, listen, I, I think the Bears that that is a for sure. I, I just can't see the. Bears winning, I, I would say favored over the Rams and Jets. But the Rams, you know, their record's a little deceiving. They're three and six, but Matt Stafford also got hurt, and they no, lost all those games he hasn't yeah. played. So I mean, that's not like I, I just don't think it, those two games are just shoe in wins. Like, is, you can't uh, just... well, I mean, I mean, no, no game in the NFL is a shoe in win, really, because like we see teams lose games they shouldn't lose every week, and teams win games they shouldn't win. So that could go either way devil devil's advocate of like you know we we may sit here and look at this and say what we're saying and then they go out there and beat the jaguars because that's just how that's just the nfl uh but how long is stafford out do you know off the top of your head i think he's coming back i think i think he's gonna play this week no okay but but he but he's missed the last two like he didn't play against yeah cowboys and packers yeah i I knew that that's why they brought it once and everything it's just the thing like there's no I mean, the Bengals are a good team. The Texans are a good team. You know, and the Jaguars are a solid team as well. But it's a lot of it's a lot of middling teams. One thing they, that does doesn't need to be downplayed though is like the Browns the Browns defense is the type of defense that can keep them in games. I mean, they literally like helped them win games that they shouldn't have won with PJ Walker while Watson was out. Um and then and then you have like a, you know, like the Seattle game, they pretty much had that game won for them until PJ Walker threw their reception at the very end. So like that is the only reason that there is a little bit of hope. If this is last year and Joe Woods is a defensive coordinator, like fucking, you know, you're mentally checked out of the season. The fact that the Browns are three games above 500 at this point and Watson's out, is just makes it a little bit more manageable in terms of like, I'm not saying that they're going to be a playoff team, but it's like devastating, but there's, still this like 10 to 15 percent chance of like okay well let's just see what happens because there is a lot of talent on the roster and I mean Andrew Berry did a press conference right before we start recording he's saying that they're going to add a third quarterback but he's gonna move forward with the current room which is not what any Browns fan wants to hear you know we we all want them to go sign some veteran that would make some storybook run like a Nick Foles or something I want them to do something like that, but I really don't feel like they're going to. I think they're going to roll with PJ Walker and maybe DTR, which is not really what I want. Uh, you know, like to to see each week. I'd rather see them bring in some a name, you know, and just see if see if it would work. But Andrew Barry is not really that kind of GM. I don't. I don't think that's something John Dorsey would do if he was still there. But yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, man. Like Watson, the last like uh, he you know. 
four four and one, I believe four and one as a starter. Um uh, and the last three games, especially, he played really well that that he had that he played fully. Like against the Titans, he played really well. Uh against the Cardinals played well. And of course, you know, he started out rough against the against the Ravens, but he really turned it up. And, you know, like overall, like five touchdowns to one pick, like seven hundred something yards. They they were winning. They were beating the teams they were supposed to beat, and they were I mean, I've been watching the Browns since I was a fucking baby, dude. They do not come back and win that Baltimore game ever. I'm pretty sure I heard a stat that I didn't see, I didn't think was unbelievable that or I didn't think it was believable, but then again it is because it's the Browns. They went when against AFC North teams since nineteen ninety-nine, when they were down fourteen points or more, they were O fifty nine and one. Yeah. Oh, 59 and one. And they beat Baltimore mm. last week. So that's, you want to talk about us having hope for the first time. And I don't know how long that's why <laughs> we don't win those games ever. So yeah, that second half of Baltimore, that was, it, it that was, was crazy. Like the, it, it was the perfect example of like what they needed to do to be successful. It was, it was the ultimate encapsulation of like why football is a team sport. And just how compliment, like just how good you can be when you play complimentary football. To yeah. where you know they they shut down the Ravens. The defense shut them down in offensively in the second half. They ran the ball well, finished with almost two hundred rushing yards, and Deshaun Watson didn't make any mistakes. And like that's just that that was their formula. Just you know, and you Watson to- not only did not make mistakes because he's not a game manager. He he did two things in in that final especially the final drive that helped him win the game, which was second and 19, 17-yard dart pass to Amari Cooper to make it third and two. And yeah, then he took, and, off on that, he, he took off on yeah. that 16-yard run. Like those two things you don't win without. You don't win without Jerome Ford with that dog pile push down. Uh, you also you know, don't like, win without Wyatt Teller recovering the strip yeah, sack. The, the, the fumble, drive, yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, there's, I mean, that's just that's just football. It's just like most of the time those things don't, don't all coincide if you're a Browns fan. So yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome to see that, you know, like the, and then of course the Greg Newsome pick six, I mean, the Browns defense, they gave up stuff early, but man, did they, they shut them down. Like you they, said, like, they, they say they saved it. Yeah. That was so, I mean, every time the Ravens, we get a little thing, you know, a little bit of offense going miles Garrett sack. Yeah. Interception. Miles Garrett over. had like, two back-to-back sacks on like a huge, you know, like he yeah. was, I really hope that they still play well because he's defensive player of the year front runner. And we've pretty much predicted that every fucking year, I feel like. And this is the year for him to win one because they're finally good. It's hard to give them a defensive player of the year to someone if they finish like seven and 10 or something, you know? So like, hopefully they can at least finish close to the playoffs or a winning record to where if he finishes with 20 plus sacks and all the accolades, it'll help him win that, 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 you know, like that would be a, at least something to take away from the season, but yeah, it's, uh, th- this is, you know, Kevin Stefanski has done a really good job. I think this year, probably the best he's done since he's, he, he's been in Cleveland. I, I know he took him to the playoffs the first year, but like that, the adversity that's been faced this year and I've watched every single game, every single play pretty much. And like, no play caller, no coach is going to be perfect. They're always going to do things that make you yell at the TV. But, like, overall, he's he's done a really good job calling plays, keeping them in games. Uh, and, I mean, they're 6-3. and three. 
and like several of those wins came with PJ Walker at quarterback. Um, Amari Cooper's on on pace for back to back thousand yard seasons. Jerome Ford's on pace for a thousand yards. JOK is at all pro level. Defensive player of the year, run away with Miles Garrett. You know, I said all this on Twitter. It's just like there's a lot. And David Njoku, I mean, David Njoku is becoming one of the, just like I've said for years, like he's a top 10 tight end for sure. I mean, like he's leading that all tight ends in the NFL and yak. He's on pace for almost 800 yards. He's playing at a very high level, getting, you know, eight to 10 targets a week, which is like what he's needed for the last like two years, in my opinion, to really unlock who he is. So after all those years of projected David Njoku breakout season, it's finally happening. Year seven. Hey, he's had a lot of good years leading up to this. He just during the during that, that's the a loose definition of good years. How he had six hundred plus yards in like at least two of his seasons, rookie season. Two, two like two out of six. Let me see. Hold on. He was in the doghouse with uh during the Freddie Kitchens era. So last year he had a decent season, fifty-eight catches, six hundred twenty-eight yards. But it's a lot of under yeah, I mean, forty there were, catches there were, there, and under. He had, he had thirty-two catches his rookie year, fifty-six for six thirty-nine his second year. Like that's a good tight end season. And then fifty-eight for six twenty-eight. He had almost five hundred yards receiving in twenty twenty-one. He missed it. Thirty-six for four six. You know he's 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 had two good seasons out of seven. And he's having a, and he's having a good one now. Especially, yeah, you know, I mean, that's making timely plays. There, the, yeah. the play where he trucked the safety was a good play. And like also, four, four, shout out down the field. Shout out to Tennessee legend Cedric Tillman, just trucking Kyle yeah. Noy. He, uh, yeah, he fucking he pancaked him. That was that was pretty wild. I thought he was going to get a penalty because he kind of stood over him, you know. Um, but luckily the. Ravens are too busy, or the refs are too busy calling penalties on every other phantom holding call and whatnot throughout the year, throughout the season game. Uh, yeah, that's you know, that's kind of that's kind of my thoughts. Super super disappointing news to find out this morning. Uh, so all I'll say is, if you're a football fan out there and you're taking a victory lap and celebrating a football and injury to a football player, you're a shitty person. So. And this is from a guy who's never going to buy a Deshaun Watson jersey and is not a Deshaun Watson stand by any means. He's a quarterback of my team. And that's, you know, that's that. want to see him do well for the Browns. But I'm not like some guys out there who are obsessed and think that all the off-the-field stuff is bullshit with Watson. But I just don't agree with ever celebrating an injury. I think it's kind of fucked up. But I'll leave it at that. So what is – we've got the Steelers coming up this week. Give us your preview. Give us your keys to victory. Give us your prediction. keys to victory. Uh, well, even though the Browns are six and three, they've turned the ball over sometimes multiple times, multiple times in every game but one. So that to me is the number one key to victory. Do not turn the ball over. Do not give the Steelers the ball. I mean, the reason they lost against the Steelers the first time is because they scored fourteen points off defense. You know, Watson had the fumble. Uh, he had the he had the interception. The like, <clears throat> you just it, it, it's it's a key that you, you you can make it as key to victory to every NFL team, every game, ever. Don't turn the ball over, but especially with the Browns who've just been doing it so much. I think they were leading the league in giveaways for several weeks. You just can't do that. Can't turn the ball over. Um, 
And like you said, the Steelers have been running the ball really well. So I, I really want to see them stop the run and force Kenny Pickett to to really make some plays with his arm, which I know he's had some throws down the field and him and Pickens have had some big connections this year. Uh, but I feel pretty decent about if they were to stop the run and make, and you know, get up, get up on a 10 to nothing lead and make Pickett just like have to throw the ball more. Um, I feel like that would, that would help. And then, yeah, I mean, on offense for the Browns, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to say, like, you know, it, it would be nice to see them get the running game going. And I think some of the mistakes Stefanski's made this year with PJ Walker at quarterback, if Walker does end up being the starter, which it sounds like he will be, is there, there have been just times where it seems like he forgets that he has PJ Walker quarterback. And what I mean by what I mean by that is that he he asked him to do a little bit too much in certain moments where you just need PJ Walker to manage the game and take care of the ball. You don't need him to be throwing the ball on a crucial third down in the fourth quarter in a moment where you have to have it, where you maybe could run the ball with Kareem Hunt. What I'm alluding to or what I'm referencing is the the Seahawks game. You know, a lot of a lot of people thought he he should have ran the ball instead. Kareem Hunt was running the ball down the field that whole drive. So stuff like that. It's just get the running game going, get some easy completions and and easy designs for PJ Walker. They did that in the Seahawks game. They were throwing some very creative screen passes to Njoku on one side and then Jerome Ford on another. And then, you know, like stuff like that. You just don't ask him to do too much. What, you know, is is what I'd say is probably the main key for the Browns offense. And then, of course, MVP Dustin Hopkins just keep nailing every single field goal because I'm sure we'll be kicking a lot of them on Sunday at this point. So you think the Browns have a chance? What's your what? Well, if we're, you know, any anything has a chance on any given Sunday. Yeah. But what's your what's your prediction? Give, give, me a, um, give me a give me a score prediction. I think it's going to be low scoring really tough AFC North. All right. Calm, uh, calm, calm down there, Booger McFarlane. <laughs> really low scoring. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be in the forties and, and pretty windy uh, up in Cleveland on, on, on this game. So I feel like, I feel like this is like a 16, 16 to 10 game. And I'm going to have the Browns win in this one just because I want them to win and I'm going up there to the game. So I want to see them win. And I, and I mean, I do, I do think they, ha- I, I legitimately do think they have a chance uh, to win this one. So they were talking about it on Good Morning Football this morning. They said in on that Ravens two thousand defense that Ray Lewis and all those guys would just tell the offense like score twenty points every game or close to 20 points and, and, and we'll keep you in it. So Brown's 16, 16 to 20 point range. Feel good about it. So right. maybe get a defensive de- defensive touchdown or something would be nice or kick return, something crazy. What do you think? It's going to be, an, I think it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be hideous to watch. I will, I will not, <laughs> I, I work this Sunday. I will not be viewing this game. As it happens live. <laughs> you would not be there no matter what. No. Um what's is is Dewan Jones playing Sunday? Uh it's is he, it's is he, not, is he gonna it, be back? It's not confirmed. Hasn't hasn't been said. I think they're gonna wait and yeah. see if he practices a lot this week. Yeah, that's obviously gonna be huge. Um I, I 
you know, just because of the nature of how the Steelers play, like they're there's never a scenario where they're ever going to blow out a team. Yeah. So, so the Browns will be in it and they'll have a chance, but whether or not you have Dewan Jones, that's gonna that's a bit that's a big okay. X factor of him whether or not he's going to be there or not. Uh, Steelers have a couple big injuries as well. They potentially may be getting back uh, their tight end, Pat Firemuth and All-Pro Safety Minka Fitzpatrick. That will also be huge for them. Man. It's tough. tough this, one is, to this, 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 this is... I mean, someone's going to win this game. <laughs> 19 We're to gonna 17. tie. 19 to 17. This is. I mean, I, I'll I'll say this. So obviously, I think you you're correct. Brown's key to victory is just don't don't turn it over, and just run run the ball. This you know, Jerome Ford and Cream Hunt need to have 35 carries between the both of them. Don't be dropping back PJ Walker, especially if you don't have Dewan Jones, because don't want him yeah. to get strip sacked. And then, I mean, honestly, that's the key. That's the key for both of them because the Steelers' offensive line sucks. So for if you know, run the ball with you know if you can run the whichever team's going to be able to run the ball and not force their mid to bad quarterback to drop back and pass and screw it up for him. That's who's that's who's gonna that's who's gonna win the game. So agreed. Yeah, I don't know. I Steelers seventeen sixteen. I knew you were gonna pick the Steelers. Go either way. Someone's downfall happening. Me watching because I prayed for it. That's you right now. <laughs> it's gonna be. It will be very ugly. I, this is not gonna be a game that is gonna be thirty. You know, like how the Baltimore game, two best defenses in the NFL, and look how many points were scored. I just don't see that happening in this one. Yeah, but that did also include two touchdowns by each. Def- you know, each defense scored a touchdown in that game. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with everything you're saying. I think it's, it's going to be ugly. All of course, right. the fan so, in me wants, wants, wants me to – wants them to win, but, you know, I mean, it you're, could be bad. I, I understand where you're coming from. You're going to be at the game. You, you Yeah. Well, is... I was really looking forward to it. You know, they were birthday gift, you know, like the tickets were. So, I was super stoked, especially coming off the Baltimore win, and then you wake up to this and you just feel, like, deflated, you know? But. All right. Okay, so before we end Browns talk, they're 6-3 and three right now. You've got Steelers at home, at Broncos, at Rams, Jags at home, Bears at home, at Texans, Jets at home, at Bengals. What will be their record at the end of the season? I truly think they can go 4-4 four and four in those games. And finish ten and seven. Ten and seven. And, and and that doesn't guarantee a playoff spot. I mean, you know how tough the AFC, especially AFC North is. They can finish ten and seven and be in fourth place. Uh, so that that is that that is the most realistic level headed prediction I have is four and four. Um will they if they go anything they make, less than four and four, they will not make the playoffs. Will they make the playoffs at ten and seven? Honestly, I'll, I'll say I'll say no. I think if they go ten and seven, it'll be it'll be good for a winning record, uh, morale victory, I guess you could say. But with the AFC 
you know, there's just some there's just some teams that seem like they could benefit from the Browns from this Watson injury news if they trail off a little bit because you have like the Bills and uh, you know the the Broncos. There's just the and, and then you know, like I said, the the Bengals, like the AFC North in general is just tough. And then you look at all these other teams that are in the hunt. Those in the hunt teams could win a few that the Browns are now going to lose because Watson's out, and that that changes everything. So. 10 and 7, I'll put it like this 10 and 7 could get them in the playoffs. But I don't think it will if it comes down to that because of that, because of just kind of how everything's shaken up in the AFC. I think 10 and 7 is a, is a tough record. <laughs> you know, I, I what did I say at the beginning of the season? 11 and 6 was, was my record prediction. I felt pretty good about that prediction up until this morning. Uh, and I think 11 and 6. 100% would have got them into the playoffs. And 10 and, 10 and 7 still might, but I feel like if I have to pick, I, I, I say that they, they miss with that record. So, yeah. in conclusion, I'm dead inside. Why do you keep giving me your toughest battles? Mm. Oh, you're still alive. <laughs> uh, legit, best Browns defense I've watched since... 99 there's so many best you know that we've seen in so many years as browns fans and now it just all feels like it's gonna be wasted so damn tennessee um, legend jim schwartz hey god, god we both him. we we both said that though we were both spot on with that most important addition of the offseason just pray no one hires and, him as a head coach next offseason well from what i've said or what i've seen he he has said multiple times that he doesn't want to be a head coach again so i'll be Curious to see if he sticks true to that. Um, that's what Brown's Twitter always comes back to. They're always like, he won't be a head coach because he said he doesn't want to do it anymore. He wants to be a coordinator or like how he was with the Titans. What, what was he, a defensive assistant or something with you guys? You know, assistant um, consultant, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a rough so, time. He had a rough, he had a rough time with the Lions. I, I can see him yeah. be a head coach again. And, uh, you know, he he's getting a bit older, and he started his career in uh, – in Cleveland so I think it's kind of like he chose to come coach here partially out of like it's like a full circle thing for him is what he's kind of said in press conferences so maybe he'll hopefully he'll want to stay there for a few years like that would be cool but we, we shall we shall see yeah and as we sit here recording this podcast it comes out that uh DTR is going to be the starter on Sunday instead of uh PJ Walker so all this PJ Walker talk about turning the ball over and whatnot uh, still applies to DTR. I do I do find it interesting that they're starting him, but I, I think they want to give him a proper chance because that first game against Baltimore, like Watson decided at game time an hour and a half before that he couldn't play. So pretty much what was determined was that DTR played the game plan that was for Watson, which required a lot of stuff that he's just not ready for yet. So maybe with some proper uh, game planning, knowing that he's the starter going into the game, it'll it'll be different. But it'll either be a storybook, he'll come out and light it up like he did in preseason, or it's going to be a disaster. There's really no way to know. Not yet. But Steelers defense is tough. This is the correct decision. I mean, I, I understand wanting to be hopeful for the – for the rest for the rest of the season but i think there's just more value in getting dtr reps 
to better prep him to be a viable backup option in this league. So I would agree. Yeah, we we, we know we, what we PJ know, Walker is. Yeah, exactly. We know what PJ Walker is, and we know what his ceiling is, and he's not gonna ever break that ceiling with the Browns or any other team he's on. Uh, but there's value in getting DTR reps. So this is that is the correct decision. Just start DTR, let the results fall where they may, and then yeah, as always next year. <laughs> I'm gonna get that tattooed on me man yeah no i i agree correct decision um so we'll see how it goes but oh but i want to use this opportunity to segue because with watson being out sucks but the browns are still six and three which is a complete opposite of the titans who sit at three and six and last in the division thomas you predicted them to win the afc south this year they're not going to do that. I think Rickles agrees. Tell me, tell, uh, l- let me get these dogs out of here. Get out. Go. The second that I let them in here, they just start barking their asses off. So, so a few things. Um, I want to know your, your thoughts uh, on the, and we did this the last time that we did an episode where we had to catch up a little bit, but some things have changed. You know, Tannehill's out. Will Levis is the starter. Um, Tannehill went out with an injury, and it seemed like Levis came in through four touchdowns. You know, he's a rookie. It's kind of the same thing. You need to see what you have in him. You know who Tannehill is, so let him start the rest of the season, most likely. Like, makes sense. Um, yeah, let me, let me know how you're feeling, because... I know you said that they wouldn't win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. You did have them winning the division. I think the Texans have been better than we expected, and they are the Jag. the The Jags have been good. I predict them to win the division. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, how you feeling, man? Three, three and six, it's tough. I won five on the road. I won one in the division. Uh, you know, it's it's Hard it's sad. It, of that. It's sad to see. Um, you know, when we recorded our season preview episode, um two years ago I, I made the comparison to the 2017 Nashville Predators who went on a magical Stanley Cup run but didn't quite get there and I said you know what this is it this is the Titans this season is going to be the, the the peak for for this core here and they went on to get the number one seed they were 12 and 5 had the um, heartbreaking home playoff loss to the Bengals yep. that was it that was it that was the time. That was that the was window. the time, and I and I, yep. and I and I said in August prior to that season, this is it. If they don't get it done this year, the next time, if the Titans ever get it done, it will be with a new cast of characters. Yeah, and now those cast that cast of characters are starting to come into the fold. So the will so, and when we did our um, post draft analysis, when it was just um, the portion that was just me and Sean. You know, and I, and I told Sean this, I, I, the correct decision would have just been, which I, they couldn't have done this anyway because of the injury he had in training camp, but the correct decision would have just been to start, start Will Levis all along. Yeah. Because even with, you know, and I, even with the Titans starting Ryan Tannehill and I, you know, I thought they would win, win the division. There's no value in winning the division, getting one and done in the playoffs when you when you know that guy is not going to be there next year 
So, you know, especially with Will Levis, since he was a second round pick, the Titans don't have the luxury of doing a fifth year option with him. Yeah. So that's all that matters for the rest of the season now. Will Will Levis' development, getting him reps, seeing what you have with the rest of the roster, and then going to next year with uh, draft picks and $100 million in cap space. The rebuild starts now. I'm missing my vest, my construction hat. <laughs> we are under construction, baby. Um, but you know that that's you know that's that's the long term view of the Titans. But for our more immediate view, so the Will Levis era is off to a one and two start, um, as we both alluded to in our preview episode for this season. Titans offensive line sucks. Andre Dillard has somehow found a way to be worse than Dennis Daly was last year. Even them, Bucks game. He gets concussed on the first drive, and we st- stuck North Dakota State legend Dennis Radins in at left tackle, and he was somehow worse than that. So, I mean, w- Will Levis has played well in his three starts. Obviously, the four-touchdown performance against the Falcons was good. He, play- he played well against the Sealers, and then, I mean, I thought he played well against Tampa Bay, but... Poor guy just had no time. Played well. Okay, you're going to stop me when I say David Njoku had good seasons, but 56% completion, 262 yards, no touchdowns, a pick, and a 66 rated rated as well. How does it feel, Thomas, just to be called out? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. He has has, uh, regressed every game since the Falcons game. See, I uh, see. I disagree. That you're just that. There's a lot. There's a lot of context missing there. Uh huh. Forty eight percent. He is playing well. I mean, we can do the whole box <laughs> score. We can do the box score now. Hey, I've watched. I've watched. Hey, I've, I've I've watched the Steelers game, uh, and I saw some of the the Falcons game. I didn't watch any of the Bucks game yesterday because I was working and I can only watch the Browns game on my phone. So uh, I can't speak on the Bucks game. I'm halfway trolling you, but also like if you're going to call me out for saying a player played well and then pull up a bunch of stats and be a box score analyst and I do it to you, then you just got to deal with it, buddy. Either oh, way. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. Which player are you referring to? Because you keep saying Njoku, but. Yeah, when, whenever I said Njoku had good seasons, you were quick to go pull up stats and be like, oh, there's only two here. Okay, well. Uh, I say Will Levis has only had one good game according to the box to the stats. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not even so. here calling Will Levis a top ten quarterback or saying well, he's that's, elite that's, or that's a top beside player. the point. It's the same concept of just pulling up stats immediately and trying to be like, okay, I mean, I mean, this is an apple to orange comparison here. Uh huh. Just because you're getting called out, you don't like. And it. I and I even anyway. said David Njoku is a fine tight end and he plays fine. well, but elite. <laughs> we're just. You're the only person I've seen that argues him being in the top 10 of, of tight ends this year. That argues him being it, in the it, top 10? It, no, no. Are, are you saying he's not a top 10? Because I've seen like countless. I, you know, he, he's, I, I, think, I think he's in that 8 to 12 range. Okay, so top 10. Got it. Uh, a, you know, I think you can make an eight. argument that he's barely in the top 10, and I think you can make an argument that he's just right outside the top 10. He's not top 10 in any actual stats. But, he, you know, he plays well, and he's, a, he's an athletic tight end. Anyway, uh, how do you, you know, you, you were in shambles about to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge when they drafted Will Levis. How, how do you feel differently now? Uh, based on what d- you d- 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 differently in, yeah, so no, I'm not in shambles ready to jump off the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there, there's a lot to build on in, the, in those three starts. He, he had, he has good pocket, you know, he has good pocket awareness. He's got a cannon of an arm. 
he he doesn't make a lot of rookie mistakes. He has looked very poised. I'll give you that. And what I've it's seen, in, he he makes quick in, decisions, and he doesn't like you know do the stand back there and padding, and doesn't know exactly you know. It looks like he, the game is not too fast for him. He's very point. decisive. He's very Which decisive, and he's very, and he's very confident. So, so uh, yeah, stat wise, like I get it, it. It does not look good outside of the Falcons game, but a, but also let me get the stat pulled up real quick. He is already the thirteenth most hit quarterback all season and he's only played three games well yeah that's i can't you know based on the titans offensive line discussions we've had that does not surprise me i mean that, that is a lot higher than it should be for three games I, three I games that. yeah he is, <laughs> that's crazy so he is and he you'd is say all... most of that is not from him holding on to the ball for too long because going back to, to the decisiveness he is not like it's more of just a bad offensive line is what is kind of what you're thinking yeah. So he so he and Josh Allen have the same amount of quarterback hits taken all season. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Three games. He's he's gonna be like a get the Derek Carr or uh David he Carr really, treatment. <laughs> he he really but and I mean he doesn't he hasn't taken a lot of sacks because he you know he gets the ball out quick. He doesn't just hold yeah. on to the ball and take a sack. Like if it's collapsing in on him, you know, he'll throw it away, which is you know the correct decision. And then also what makes that bad is there are no no weapons outside of DeAndre Hopkins. Traylon Burks is hurt all the time. He is um Yeah, he's a he, bust. He, he, well I mean it's only your time. I'm not gonna say bust yet because he's still on his rookie contract, but he is quickly he he is flirting with get ready to learn XFLEs, <laughs> but <China>. yeah. <laughs> he, he he he's flirting with it. Um I just don't know what quarterbacks are going to be that successful when Nick Westbrook Aquino is wide receiver too. Um, Chigakonkwo, major drop off. He has. Yeah, he, what happened? He just. What happened? It, yeah. it has to be all in his head because he is just dropping every. He, he, dro- he dropped the touchdown Sunday against the Bucks. Had had nice. one just wide open, just dropped it. He had. He had two drops of the touchdown and then another one that would have been a third down conversion. Um, you know, I mean. Kyle Phillips is okay for a slot receiver, but that those you just aren't guys like you don't want to be dependent on guys like Nick Westbrook, Kina, Kyle Phillips, Chris Moore. What I'm hearing is that in the offseason with this all this money you guys have, you go get T. Higgins. Dude, bring him home. Bring him, yeah. bring the Tennessee native back home. Absolutely. T. Higgins with DeAndre Hopkins, who still seems to be playing in a pretty high level, would be uh... Yeah, he is, and he's he's playing well. He's got what 38 receptions, almost 600 yards, only three TDs, which all came in one game, is the biggest yikes uh, in terms of, you know, um, if, if that Falcons game didn't exist, he wouldn't have one TD on the season. But he has, he has definitely played better than I expected in the sense of, I didn't know if he would stay healthy or, or be the guy he was before. But yeah, I mean, I guess he's on pace for probably over a thousand yards for sure. So he's he's been that guy. So he's on a, he's on a three year deal, right? Two. Two years ago. Okay. So, yeah. We'll, see, we'll, so, we'll see where the Titans are picking in the draft. Um, they'll probably be in the 7 to 13 range right now, based on how the season's going. So, yeah. That it'll be it'll be a prime picking for an offensive tackle. <laughs> uh, so, tell me 
as a fan, and especially as a fan of someone uh, of a team like the Browns, I've seen them just waste draft picks for years. I know a lot of the regime is is gone now, but between Caleb Farley, Traylon Burks, which I know you're not ready to say is a bust yet, and then the Isaiah Wilson picks, those are just like the types of picks, man, that just set your, you know, set some years back because you could have had Greg Newsom. Uh, the year you took I, Farley. We, we both, I, I specifically yeah. said we, in our post-draft analysis episode, I said, I know. man, Greg Newsom was right there. We could have taken him. Yeah. So it just sucks to see the wasted, you know, and then the A.J. Brown situation's complicated, but, you know, you trade him, you draft the guy who's supposed to replace him. He can't stay on the field. Um, it's tough. Th- those are the types of things that set, you know, like set you, set you back a couple of years and yeah. whatnot. So you got to hope the new people in place, when you do have these top 10 picks like you may have next year make the right choice yeah and so and you know rank Arthon's first draft i mean so far it looks i mean obviously time will tell but peter cross peter skaronsky been a stud yeah, you know, yeah he's will, been good. will levis has played well in his three in his three games but obviously we'll see how that turns out um tajay spears in the third round he's been explosive when they get the ball in his hands um josh wiley fifth round pick i think he needs to be playing over chigakonkwo at this point yeah I, th- I mean, you know, if you're not if you're not producing on the field, like there have to be consequences to that. You've got to be. Yeah, I want to see Josh stay out there because of a name. But yeah, when we were talking we, about it. We oh, go ahead, go ahead. When we were talking about it earlier this week, good friend of the show, um, CJ, one hundred percent CJ Stroud enthusiast, never once complained about S two scores prior to the draft. <laughs> John Atkins, uh-huh. I thought he hit the nail on the. I mean, he hit the nail on the head, like. John Robinson just depleted all the resources yep. and depleted the roster. And it's just he set you guys back. back. Yeah, he set you guys back a little bit for sure. With and on those first round picks, trading away AJ Brown. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of trades, this this is what I wanted to bring up to you because I did the solo episode without you uh last time, but we haven't had a chance to fully talk about the Kevin Byer trade. So I want to know were you as shocked by that? as a lot of people were like i was personally a little surprised i know i, I was year, I, 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 I was not shocked you were so last year there was this whole his name was brought up around a trade situation i think but you guys had recently given him a deal like didn't he get a contract extension a couple of years ago no he did not no he did uh, not. so okay. i mean the, so the, the, the writing has been on the wall for this all year um back in it was, you know, after the draft pre-training camp, the Titans approached him about taking a pay cut. And that's when trade rumors started flying. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't want to. And then he ultimately ended up taking the pay cut. But I think this was someone that Rand Carthon wanted to trade away because it because he's on the other side of 30 now. And because of the way John Robinson had restructured his contract to make room for the Julio Jones trade. It really backloaded his contract to where it was yeah. going to be a giant cap hit for the next two years after this season. So this right. was someone that, like, you know, never came out and explicitly said it, but just kind of based on the actions of the front office, like you could tell, like Kevin Byard was someone they were trying to ship off. So that's just the difference of being the fan of the team and a fan of football. Cause yeah, I didn't of course know all the, all the little things. And yeah. right so now. like the week leading up to that, you know, I, you know, the Titans came off of that Baltimore loss in London and they, that's when all the trade were like, is Derrick Henry going to go? Is Hopkins going to go? Like, 
you know, yeah. they were trying to speculate, and they're just like, oh man, that's when I knew. I was like, oh god, Kevin Byard's buddy, you're out of here. <laughs> so you were prepared for it, so it probably wasn't. I, I was prepared. You know, I, I was. Still sucks, but it, it was it was heartbreaking to see. You know, the the mayor of Murfreesboro, he yeah, he has, MTSU he has legend encapsulated everything uh we love about the titans but it unfortunately was the correct decision had to had to get the had to get some draft picks back to reload the chambers had to get that contract off the books so yeah business he'll go win a super roll with the eagles that's showbiz baby yeah um yeah yeah that's i i was just curious your thoughts on that because we hadn't had a chance to fully talk about it um just glad Derrick Henry didn't go to the Ravens. That would have destroyed me. Yeah, that would have destroyed me too. Fuck. I don't want him in the AFC North <laughs> unless yeah. he's on the Browns. <sighs> but, but yeah, overall, man. I mean, the offensive line's the biggest problem on this team. I, you, I mean, it was it was kind of we, obvious we that we're going to be yeah. a uh, Achilles heel going into the season, and it was worse than we both could have imagined. And then. There's just not a lot of depth on this roster. Like, this is not a team that can afford to have a starter to go down. Yeah. Um, back in October, uh, Christian Fulton was having a rough stretch of games, and so, of course, people are just, you know, dogging him. And then apparently his parents, his mom and dad, hopped on Twitter, like, going <laughs> back and going back and forth with Titans fans who were saying, Titans oh, fans were saying he needed to be benched. And one thing his mom kept saying was, okay, bench him, put the next guy in, and get back to me. Well, <laughs> the next guy got in, and he fucking sucked. Oh, so, shit. Um, so we haven't had – so Sean Murphy Bunning has missed the last two games with a Crazy thumb injury. Yeah. And so we're having to cycle in, you know, undrafted free agents we have on the roster at that position, and they've just been getting cooked. So, yeah. And, and, you so, can, and every position kind of has that problem. Yeah. Yeah, that is tough. Whenever you don't have depth, whenever the talent is either middle of the road or less, and then you don't have depth depth behind it, it's really, I mean, it's just not a good recipe. Um, speaking of Caleb Farley, just because, it, so is he out for the year? Is he is he injured right now, or does, is he just not on the yeah, field? Yeah, he's like, injured. I, I, it, it, he's still recovering from his ACL injury from last year. Yeah, okay, that's right. Because I, I knew he had that injury last year. I was, you know how some guys come back from those injuries so fast. It seems like yeah, it's and I think it's just been time. because he in the offseason he had that incident to where like his parents' house just exploded. I know, uh, and his, no, and his was dad died. Crazy. Yeah. So I, man, I feel so bad for him. Yeah. Every, every, you know, every time my, you see him do yeah. an interview, like he's such a like a nice, humble guy, and dude oh, yeah. just has had the worst luck imaginable. The people I still know that work for the Titans, like directly, whenever I used to shoot the game, said that he was like super, super nice. So, like, that sucks to see it happen to a guy like that for sure. Um, want to pivot to the Titans schedule. Of course, I want to get your prediction for the game this Sunday, but also I want to look. Uh, so, they're three and six right now. Got the Panthers <clears throat> this Sunday, right? No, that's next. No, no. So, J- uh, Jags, Jags, this Sunday, then Jags. Panthers. Jags and then Panthers and then Colts, Dolphins, Texans, Seahawks, Texans again, and Jags again. Very backloaded uh, divisional schedule. It is. Uh, so, that's, why lose, that's why losing those last two games, the Steelers and Bucks, yeah. were, were killer because you win those two games and then you're what? 
six and five four. And... Five and you're five and four with five division yeah. games left. You know, that's an it's an opportunity to make a run, but losing those last there two would... games, it's it is a there would definitely be hope, but yeah, it's losing those losing those is tough. So three and six, that's your remaining schedule. Um how do you see that playing out? You, you know, I, th- I think you predicted what ten and seven for them this year, or nine and eight. Yeah, so three and six. Where where are they going to finish? Realistically, there, there there's a lot of wiggle room. Um, right now, I am going to go probably going to go seven and ten. Seven and ten. That's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is seven and ten, maybe six and eleven. Six, uh, six to eight. Six to eight is the range here. Six to eight wins here. I, I feel you like know, with they, the they, Jags, they could... Jags and Texans, I think you guys split. You know, I just don't see both of those teams sweeping you. Um, I think you definitely should beat the Panthers. I mean, Bryce Young... I, Bryce Young looks bad, dude. I'm sorry. Especially with how good C.J. Stroud looks. It just looks terrible. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I, th- there's just given how the Titans are right now, there's not a game they I, I'm not gonna sit here and say there's a game they should definitely win. But at the same time, I think they can compete in every single one of these games. But I think those I would the say Jags. the Dolphins would be a big I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I think the Dolphins would probably beat y'all pretty bad. Speaking of defensive backs getting cooked. I mean Tyreek Hills and Anthony Schwartz now is on the practice squad. Look out, dude. Dolphins are coming. Oh, buddy. So <laughs> I, I I think we'll I mean, I think we'll just split our whole division. I think we'll beat the Colts, split the Jags and Texans. That's what? It's three wins right there. I beat, yep. Beat the Panthers. And, and then the non-divisional games are Panthers at home, Dolphins on the road, Seahawks at home. And I, th- I think we'll, I think out of those three, we will win one of those games. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Seahawks and Dolphins beat, beat you guys. I think you beat the Panthers. And then, yeah, like I said, you said, I think they split the divisional games. Which would get you at a six or seven wins. That's, you know. But, you know, again, you know, the the Titans fans out there, I just, it's not going to be healthy to get wrapped up in the wins and losses going into the season. You've got to, we've got to stay focused on the long-term vision. Get Will Levis reps. look, Look for growth from the Falcons game to the last game against the Jaguars. And then just figure out what, what you know where else you need to reload outside of the obvious. So go get a go get a big stud wide receiver in free agency next year. You know, get a couple stud defensive players, and then draft the ten year draft. Draft yourself a Joe Thomas next year. That's what you need. Uh, a Hoff. You need a Hoff for you sure. Need a Hoff. Online. And you know what? There's a there there's a stud Joe in this year's draft. Give me Joe Alt. Yep. That's a that's a good that's a good choice. Unless we totally um, bottom out and we're like you know finish the season three and fourteen, then give me Marvin Harrison Jr. I was just about to say if you guys decide to tank a little bit, you can get probably the best wide receiver prospect in a long time. Absolutely. But all right, um, well we're both kind of aligned there uh, in terms of this game this Sunday. We we said that the Jags and Titans would split. Is this a game that the Titans win or lose? Uh, you're on the road which you're 0-5 on the road this year, so that does not bode well. It is uh, not. Because of that alone, I'm kind of tempted to take the Jags. But what do you think? Uh, how do you think the game will go score prediction-wise? Uh, I think the Jags win. I think they win 24-13. to 13. Okay. 
Um, that's a, you think Levis is gonna, you know, we have a different definition of looking good, I guess, but uh, do you think Levis is gonna have a good game? Are you more encouraged if they lose 24 to 13, but Levis looks good opposed to winning 10 to three and Levis throwing four interceptions? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, I want to see, I want to see, I don't want to see Levis make stupid mistakes. That, 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 that's yeah. what, that, that's what I want. He, I mean, he's shown he can make the right decisions. He, you know, relatively well under pressure. So yeah. I mean, if the, if the Titans were like, you know, keys to victory here, if the Titans yeah. want to win this game, the pathway to do it is, you know, the Jaguars are a good team, but they're not a great team. You know, they're, they're not in the, they're not in Chiefs tier. Yeah. And Trevor and Tre- and Trevor Lawrence is a turnover machine. More turnovers than touchdowns on the years. He 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 fumbles the ball quite a bit. I think he'll probably have a couple turnovers, but the problem is Titans have not shown that they can take advantage of those. So create turnovers, take advantage of them. And then there's a pathway to victory. There is a pathway to victory with that. I do agree with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's I do think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's lived up to the generational hype at this point. Uh this is a whole other discussion, but I see I see some discussions about him sometimes on on the X machine. And it's you know, you feel like at this point you should have taken that step of like in the MVP conversation if you're gonna compare him to the Andrew Lux of the world, but still hasn't. He does turn it over a lot. Well um, again, that you know, my, my concern with the Jags is them building a you know great team around him i mean i feel like to a degree he does elevate some of the talent on that roster but yeah there's, there's a lot of bad there's a lot of bad contracts on the team and like i said before i for the texans i like their long-term future better than the jaguars yeah, yeah. texans man pj shroud D'Amico ryan's great hire will anderson's look at pink dale i mean they they hit on, it looks like as of now, which, you know, things could change. Sophomore slumps are a thing, all that. But, like, it looks like they've hit on some players for sure, which is it was devastating for you. When, yeah. Devastating <laughs> when he was taking it too, because I thought the Titans yeah. were going to, they wanted to. That was that yeah. was the guy Rand and Vrabel wanted. They wanted CJ. And I think they would have mm-hmm. pulled, they would have pulled the trigger if he fell to three, but didn't yeah. happen. Instead, Will Levis. And a depressed Thomas for the all the off season. Honestly, you definitely got to you know you definitely got to see a lot more from Levis, which is good. If he you know if he if he does play the remainder of the season, you'll get a good sample size of what you have moving forward. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And the two the two things that he has going for him right now, one of them we knew coming out of college, of course, was the big arm. You know, is it big arm? Uh, and yeah, the decisiveness from what I've seen in the games I've watched uh, from him has been pretty impressive. He, he he doesn't look like, you know, like Bryce Young looks indecisive. He runs around, he holds on to the ball for too long. That's just an example of one rookie this year. Uh, and Levis does not look like that, which is very encouraging. Uh, you get some talent around him and an offensive line that's not going to have him uh, get the Andrew Luck treatment. And maybe, maybe you got something there. Yeah. So, so- you know, it goes back to when I, you know, when I say play plays well, like when you watch him play, even when it's not a, the play, the individual play is not a positive play. You can see with the majority of plays, 
he has the tools to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. And that's uh, yeah, what you, I, 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 yeah, I know what you mean. And so, and so it's what you want to see, so what you want, what you want to see for the rest of the season is him consistently putting those tools on display. And then in the off season, give him some pieces to work with. And then it's like, okay, you've got the tools, you know, your own individual skill set, got yeah. the pieces around you that can help maximize it. Then the next step is go make it happen. And that remains to be seen. And we won't know until next year. There's always next year. <laughs> it's always next year for both of us. Oh man. Thank God it's basketball season. Go balls, baby. Basketball. Otherwise this is, this is a movie season for me. This is Oscar season. That's what I pivot to now. Going to the movies every night, writing reviews, getting ready for the Oscars. Uh, I got the Jags 21 to 13 though. I think you said 24, 13. I was, I was thinking 21, 13. Uh, and then, yeah, whenever you play them at home later on in the season, I think it's the final game. That'll be the one that you end up winning. I think that's how that'll go. Until you guys can win on the road, I have no confidence you're going to win on the road. Yeah. So, well, but we shall see. Uh, well, this has been a somber episode uh, for Browns fans and Titans fans sitting at three and six, trying to trying to scrounge up their whatever you can the rest of the season. It's not exactly what we thought it would be at this point, but it's hard to predict these things. Uh, fire up, fire up just, those mock draft simulators, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, if the Browns first round picked, oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> hey, dude, we whiffed on those for so many years. Fuck it. Give them away, man. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Oh, man. What's Johnny uh, football up to these days? Probably watching zero film. You ever watch, did you watch the documentary, The Untold? Yeah, just. I did. I enjoyed it. I did too, honestly. Even though he pisses me off, it was just you know, it was it was entertaining. I tried to get into the Swamp King one, the Swamp Kings one with Urban Meyer. I didn't watch it. And once it was, I, once it I heard was, what it was, Urban yeah. Meyer propaganda. Yeah, well, I mean, like I feel like there was so much more there to talk about, and it's basically centered around him. And I was like, this kind of this is yeah. stupid. Heart that dirt ball, dirt balling, bro. <laughs> All right, man, it's been fun. Um, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. We'll have to get back in touch next week before Thanksgiving. See, uh, see how this Sunday shakes out. It's a big game for the Browns. I'll give you my analysis from being there in person. Uh, freezing my ass off now for at what cost, you know. That's what I'm asking myself. So, But uh, we shall see. We'll, yeah, we'll reconvene. Make sure to follow Tighten Up the Dog Pound on Twitter. Tighten underscore dog 21. We're getting very close to 1,000 followers on Twitter. So you guys will give us a follow. Hopefully, uh get close to that number soon and uh all i'll say is if you're a browns fan keep your head up we've been through worse thomas i'll leave the rest of you you know they really you really have been through worse even if you went on to lose every game for the rest of the season it doesn't even crack it doesn't even crack the top 10 of like worst seasons you've had all time not not even close doesn't even crack the top 50 like it (laughs) yeah We've been through way worse, man. This is that's why as soon as you you know, I was like, dude, Browns fans are built for this shit. It's always something with us. Built for pain and misery, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Sucks. All right, guys. Tighten up. Go Browns.